Hey, welcome to Monday Morning Podcast. Today I kick off a few week block all about gold. I've got a familiar name on today. It's Shay Russell of Pallion. Pallion is a subsidiary of ABC Bullion, a major bullion dealer in Australia. We talk about gold stocks, the physical market, what's happening with the Fed at Jackson Hole, the macro picture, China. There's just so much information in this chat that you should really get your head around if you're looking to invest in gold. It's a great chat with Shay. Here it is. Hey, Shay, great to have you back here today. Uh, how's it going over there? Yeah, it's going fantastic, Lockie. Thank you very much for having me. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, I got you back today to pick your brain on gold. Today is all about gold. Tell us about your role at Pallion and how is that going for you? Uh, yes. So uh, I believe now Fat Tail Investment Research readers may recognize me from my former life was when I was over at that company. I've jumped ship and I've moved to Pallion Group, which is actually the parent company of ABC Bullion and ABC Refinery. And there's a few other brands in there. Uh, now, my role here is I'm the group communications manager. So I get to spend most of my day talking about gold uh, and, you know, helping produce a lot of the content of ex explaining what gold's doing in the marketplace, where it's going. Uh, and also too, there's some of the high level stuff that I do with the refinery side, which is about communicating with, you know, uh, the miners and the institutional bankers over there. Well, it sounds like you can definitely educate us on a few things today. I'm going to start out with a interesting question that's probably on the minds of a lot of Aussie gold investors Australia is getting mighty close to overtaking China for gold production. China had quarterly production of 74.4 tons of the shiny stuff, and Australia came in at 74. Is this a tipping point, and will that dominance flow through to Aussie gold stocks in the coming years, do you reckon? Yes. So this is, um, I mentioned off camera, I wanted to have some rock hard numbers for you, but I've had a little bit of a busy morning and I haven't had a chance to do, yeah. uh, get the exact numbers in front of me. So the quarterly production figures that you've produced are quite interesting and it does make it seem like Australia is about to be a front runner and take over ch uh, China when it comes to pr uh, producing gold. However, we might not actually get there. Now, the reason why most of Australia did think that we were going to be to overtake China as a leading gold as the world's largest gold producer was based on a report that came out from the federal government. Uh, however, I'm now working closely with the Minerals Council of Australia, and they're actually saying that the federal government have increased uh, our figures and that they're suspecting our production is going to increase, even though we can't really prove it. So we might not actually be about to overtake China on a year on year basis. However, we are absolutely a major gold producing nation. It's just that we haven't increased the capacity yet to produce gold at China's level. Um, in years to come, I'm seeing, I think there is the opportunity for us to overtake them. But of course, in order to do that, we need significant investment from, from our major miners to increase that uh, production capacity. Well, you know a lot about miners, but I want your thoughts on the physical market in Australia at the moment. What are you seeing out there and what's the premium people are paying um, based on, on your knowledge? Look, the, the physical market's quite strong at the moment. Uh, look, it, it depends uh, how you look at it. If you look at it on a week-on-week-on -week -on approach, 
uh, it's definitely still strong. People are consistently buying gold. Uh, when we had the flash crash just recently in the gold price, there were large volumes of people coming through. Well, we can't come through the doors at the moment, obviously, because of COVID. Uh, there's lockdowns in various parts of the country. But the physical market was quite strong during the flash crash. We saw a lot of over-the-phone orders and a lot of online orders and a lot of people investing in pool allocated products as well simply to take advantage of that dip. And, you know, let's be honest, you don't often see an 8% slide in the gold price. So the demand for physical metals is very, very strong. Um, what I'm hearing now from our sales team is that a couple of people uh, with the Aussie dollar weakness, which has actually strengthened the Aussie dollar gold price, people are trying to catch the next dip in, in the gold price. You know, in Aussie dollar terms, it's now right on that $2,500 per ounce. And there seems to be some hesitancy in the retail market as they want to catch the dip. Um, what we're suggesting is you don't want to try and catch every dip because that's not possible, but you're better off at looking at averaging in. Um, from yep. a premium point of view, premiums aren't too elevated at the moment for ABC bullion. I haven't looked at any other competitors lately, um, but ABC's premiums on uh, cast and minted bars are still quite reasonable. They haven't gone up. Uh, and this is because demand is quite steady and production levels are quite steady. Uh, coins you'll always pay a higher premium on because of the intricacy of the work. Um, but for the moment, I would say premiums are steady. Okay. Well, that's uh, the short and quick answer, but I noticed it was really interesting when you said sort of basically as the gold price had 8% clipped off of it, um, you saw an increase in volume. So that's really interesting from a sort of market sentiment standpoint that people are really looking for those dips. Um, I want to pivot now to a bit more of the macro factor stuff. This is, this is where you and I can have a more in-depth conversation, I think. Because uh, I follow this stuff, not I, I don't specialize in gold, but uh, I do follow the macro stuff really closely. So the question is, what's going on out there? You know, the Fed taper, inflation. Uh, do you have any wacky facts for us? Is there anything you're you're watching very closely right now? Oh, look, the market's sort of treading water right now until Jackson Hole ends this week. So I believe it, I'm going to say the 26th of August, but I might be actually wrong on that one. Um, either way, Jackson Sorry, just Hole- a quick explanation of what Jackson Hole is for people. Um, tea and biscuits for central bankers. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Be, look, that's that's my joke. I don't don't really um, think it's uh, what actually happened. So not Jackson Hole is an annual meeting for the Re- uh, Federal Reserve Open Markets Committee, where it's yep. generally quite a big event, um, and it gets a lot of speculation in the lead up to it because uh, historically large decisions have or large market impacting decisions have come out of Jackson Hole. So when um, the when a Jackson Hole meeting is sort of on the calendar, people anticipate that the next major change will be announced on the back of it. Now, leading into this meeting of Jackson Hole this week is the taper talk. Um, I, I noticed increased speculation from other heads of Federal Reserve Bank branches around uh, America leading up to this one. There are a couple of traditional hawks coming out saying that they were expecting the taper conversation to begin at this meeting. Uh, even one dovish Fed member came out, I believe it was um, the president of the San Francisco branch, and she's she, she, she's been a big fan of keeping tapering going for 
as long as necessary. Even she hinted that it was time to have the conversation around what the end of tapering looks like. So from a gold point of view, gold is definitely treading water on the back of whatever the announcement is from this central bank meeting. Um, we do know in this central bank meeting for the Federal Reserve Bank that the big conversation is going to be around un, um, unemployment data. Employment data yeah. has been very, or unemployment data has been very resilient in the US at the moment. It's showing that there's been a lot of hiring lately. Uh, we know that their inflationary statistics are quite elevated. Um, the Fed has maintained that it's transitory. That might be a conversation for a bit later. Um, one thing that I think that they will be watching is consumption data. Now, this might come out a little bit more. Consumption data for uh, America was quite weak in July. Um, that The market can tolerate a bad July, but a bad August in the US, a bad August retail data doesn't pose well for the US economy. So I think these are the three things we're going to see the Fed focusing on at the Jackson Hole meeting. Well, there are a few conflicting signals uh, that you outlined there. Um, you know, I think uh, my, my, my view is uh, the US has just printed so much money, we will see inflation. Um, and then I think that will long-term play into the gold price. Uh, so I guess my next question is, and I might follow that up with another one, is what's your outlook for gold in the short term, sort of uh, post-Jackson Hole uh, medium term, and I have a feeling I know what you're going to say on this one, the long term. Uh, we might agree there. Um, and do you think Aussie gold stocks are looking ripe for investment at the moment? And that's in an investment um, perspective as the margins remain elevated. Oh, look, so much in that one question. We could sit yeah, sorry. And talk about that. We could talk about that one section for, you know, the rest of the day. Uh, yeah. All right. First of all, I'll just go back to the, as you pointed out, the conflicting signals in what the Fed's looking at. Absolutely. This is a really confused market. There's strengths in other areas and there's weakness in other areas and they're not meeting in the middle. And this is why the market is hinging on what's coming out of the Federal Reserve because the data sets aren't matching up to historical norms. Uh, of course, there's no point comparing 2021 to 2020. 2020 was a very unusual year from a data point of view. Um, as for inflation, look, I do hold the view that we will see long-term inflation uh, persist. I don't think we're going to see that for now. And I think that is the short-term weakness is being reflected in the short-term weakness in the gold price. Um, and again, this is another conversation that we, we, we don't want to dip too much into, but just because money printing has occurred doesn't necessarily equal the velocity of money. So it doesn't automatically translate to inflation. Uh, I spent the last couple of years trying to point out that just because we've printed money, there isn't an equal reaction in the gold price. Gold will react to stimulus and money printing, but it's just not going to happen immediately. Okay. So as for the short term, you know, I just explained it. I think it's tied to the fact that it is matching the Fed's view that inflation is transitory, whether it is or not remains to be seen. Um, from a medium point of view, I think I started this year saying that gold was going to hit $2,000 per ounce and wouldn't be back under it. I've so far been very wrong on this. Um, and this is because gold isn't playing ball and it doesn't believe in the inflation story. Um, I think my medium term view is we need to see gold stay above US $1,800 per ounce for there to, 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 re, to resume the, the bull leg, the, uh, the bull leg, um, sorry, I'm not talking properly, That's to resume right. the bull market, <laughs> um, to, to see a resum, 
Sorry, guys. I'm not. I'm not normally this frazzled. As I said before, it's been a busy morning. Um, yep. We need to see gold above US eighteen hundred dollars per ounce to see uh, that rally sustain itself in the bull market. Um, if it doesn't happen. You know, it could take a little bit longer. We could see gold trade sideways for a little bit longer. Um, $1,800 per ounce is very much a, you know, an important psychological point. So once gold gets up above that, we'll see sentiment probably move back in. Some of the things that um, make me think this, you know, the short-term indecision on gold really is just short-term is when we look at um, gold ETFs, for example, physical gold held by ETFs isn't falling. It's steady uh, and it's slowly increasing. So that's a positive sign that the, the bottom of the market is around here and big money isn't actually ditching gold it's holding on to it now from a long-term point of view I'm, I'm sure you know the answer and probably anybody who's seen me seen me yeah. in these videos before know the answer I am absolutely a long-term bull um, I believe in the long-term picture for gold but it doesn't happen overnight you know gold is a multi-decade investment any money invested in gold is about long-term wealth preservation and long-term wealth creation so I do think there is plenty of strength in the long term um, you know, we're only three, four years into a gold bull market. It all depends on when you started measuring it. So there's plenty of room left to run. Uh, as for Aussie gold miners, um, look, they've been kicked around a little bit in the last few months, haven't they? Oh, yeah. Um, I think it's just a case of they're just lagging behind the market. You know, when the gold price gets kicked around, Aussie gold miners' share price tends to get kicked around. Um, but I would never fear for them as an investment idea simply because if you look at their, their cash on their balance sheets, uh, if you oh, yeah. look at the, the margin between the actual cost of gold versus what they're getting for gold, they're quite high. So they're, the, the depressed price we're seeing in Aussie gold miners is, is really an exciting opportunity uh, because they are, bank, they are making money, they are profitable, and I think any savvy mining manager will be banking that cash and no that they're going to put it to good use in the future and that will benefit shareholders of those companies. Well, I think it's sort of a, a two-legged thing here, which is suppose uh, the market sort of pivots to value a bit, then all of a sudden gold stocks start to look good because they've got these great margins, uh, existing revenues, existing profits. And then if you look at all in sustaining costs and things like that, it, there's still a significant discrepancy there um, in Australians, gold stocks at least. So the first leg for me would be what happens if there's this sort of value pivot um, where the market corrects, say, 10, 15%, but then looks for more sort of existing sustainable businesses. Well, then gold stocks look good. And then third, third you know, or second point is um, then what happens if the economic data starts to disappoint uh, and then the inflation data comes through, then you might see a sort of speculative frenzy. So I guess the point here is that there's there's potentially immense value out there and a lot of good options amongst Aussie gold stocks. Would you would you agree with that assessment or am I off somewhere? <laughs> no, no, I think that's a great assessment. Look, you know, the, the mining sector is always going to be a passion of mine. Uh, I do think that... Um, you know, there's a little bit of negative sentiment there that doesn't necessarily belong in the mining sector. I mean, the Australian mining sector is an incredible industry. It's ridiculously well, well, well run. It is also ridiculously well funded right now. Um, and we also have an incredible amount of intellectual um, 
uh, capital that works in this industry. So these are things that um, you, you can't find in almost every other mining jurisdiction. We've got almost you know, we've got everything we need here in house. Um, and it's just a case of investors starting to recognize of uh, the gold miners correlation to the gold price and that, you know, they've, they've been taken down a notch that when the gold rally strengthens a little bit, uh, gold miners are going to surprise to the upside. And the final point I'd make here is as well as if you look at the sort of monthly CapEx figures on exploration, um, there are some interesting trends in that ABS data and gold seems to be ticking along quite well in the, on the sort of CapEx front. I know this is a curveball for you, but have you followed that information recently? And um, what would you make of that point? Look, I haven't followed into, I haven't actually looked at CapEx data from a monthly point of view for explorers okay. in the last okay. couple of months. That's However, right. that's okay. That's okay. That's I, right. I can, I've got my ear to the ground with a few of explorers at the moment. And there's a few things that I can tell you. Yeah. Um, so for back in 2020, you know, it was a well-funded sector. We got a lot of, uh, because of the gold price rally, there was a lot of money that moved into it. But one of the things that's hampering exploration right now is actually labs. Labs are backed up. Uh, and now this wow. is, I think I've said this repeatedly for about 12 months now, labs have been back, um, backed up since the end of last year. You know, companies that were expecting results in three to four weeks, they're taking 12 to 16 weeks to come out. Um, and, the, and this is just because there's been so much exploration work done in the past 18 months um, that, that, that the labs can't keep up. Um, yeah. Also to hire, you know, there's a hiring bonanza for anybody who works in mining right now. Uh, I can tell a story about, I know a company recently offered a geologist to go work out in WA, $40,000 um, annually, a, a $40,000 increase on the normal salary offered to a geologist just to get at the front of the pack to pick this geologist up. Uh, and this is because there's so much work going on at the moment that there's not enough staff to do the jobs. So it's, there's a lot of work happening, not a lot of staff out there. So the, the fact that there's not a lot of staff, it slows down these exploration projects as well. Um, the good news is that there's a lot of solid projects in the pipeline uh, and that as you know, we finally start to get through these results and the staff are able to get to these projects, I expect we're going to see good news in the exploration sector for, you know, at least another 18 months to come. Well, absolutely. I think um, the the WA mining scene and not just WA, but other other sort of areas of Australia, the there's this lag. And then I've, what I've personally seen in, in some sort of junior explorers is, uh, yeah, that crunch around labour and even rigs sometimes, and the inability to deliver news flow is certainly hurting uh, a couple of my picks right now. So I'm a bit <laughs> disappointed about that. But uh, it's just sort of part and parcel of you may have the best project in the world, but if you can't get the drill rig out, people are going to lose interest. So um, that's certainly something I'm, ex I'm experiencing with my particular picks. But it's great to hear it from the source, Shay. So um, I really appreciate your time to add. I know you have a crazy busy week on and uh, it was a crazy morning for you. So I really want to thank you for your time and uh, hopefully we can get you back on uh, again. That would be a lot of fun. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Lucky. Well, that was a great chat I just had with Shay Russell about all things gold. If you want to find out more about Pallion, you can find the links below in the description box. And as always, like, subscribe, get in touch. We'd love to hear from you.